This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here on this lovely Friday morning, Dundas, Ontario, Canada. Uh, my host show, Carpe Diem. I'm here with a lovely guest who I had not long ago been invited to be a guest on his radio show. So really glad that I now have this opportunity scheduling-wise to return the favor. Uh, so I'm going to just give a little bit of information about my guest, Cyrus Webb, before turning it over, as I always do, to unscripted dialogue. So again, thank you for joining me here today. So Cyrus Webb is the president of Conversations Media Group, home of Conversations Live Radio, Conversations Magazine, and Conversations Book Club, and Shadow Play Entertainment. Since 1999, he has used his love of the arts and books to create a brand that has not only showcased his own work, but that of others as well around the United States. To date, he has hosted hundreds of art shows and poetry readings around the South, garnering thousands of attendees and a devoted following. In 2003, he began hosting and producing the radio show Conversations Live, which can be found at conversationsliveradio.com, on WMPR 90. Point one FM in Jackson, Mississippi. Today it is heard not only in the South on Mississippi's WYAD 94.1 FM, but online through blogtalkradio.com, 106liveradio.com, amfm247.com, and dcnowradio.com. Millions of iTunes, sorry, millions tune into the program, which features authors, recording artists, community leaders, and ordinary individuals doing extraordinary things. Because of the hundreds of interviews he conducts each year, Webb began Conversations Magazine, conversationmag.com, in April 2006 as another platform to showcase some of the stories he was sharing over the air. Since then, the print magazine has grown to include over 12K yearly subscribers, the United States, New Zealand, Australia, United Kingdom, South Africa, Greece, and Canada. Conversations Book Club joined the Conversations family in November 2006, conversationsbookclub.com, featuring both in-person and online meetings. It has grown into one of the largest co-ed reading groups in the United States, hosting over 200 author events and gaining national attention. Outside of his work with Conversations in 2014, Webb's first inspirational book, Words I Choose to Live By, was published by Bonita and Hodge Publishing. He has since co-wrote four children's book and published one of his own. He can be reached at caweb4 at juno.com or 601-896-5616 or through his webpage, cyruswebpresents.com. A whole host of other websites, which we will get to at the end. I'll let Cyrus plug that on his own. But Cyrus, I want to welcome you to my show. Thank you very much for joining us. Lisa, thank you so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. Well, I really appreciate the fact that you uh, kindly invited me on to your show, and it was such a, a lovely interview. You were so gracious, and you were obviously quite in tune with myself as a writer, uh, as an artist, and uh, some of the inquiries 
inquiries and observations which you cited and, and spoke about really said more to me about who you are and the fact that you do such a great job as a radio show host and an interviewer. So I just want to thank you for that. You were very attentive and very plugged in and did a great job, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, that really, for me, Lisa, is what it's all about. I want, of course, the audience to get something out of it, but I definitely want the guests uh, to feel as though, you know, their, their time was, was well used. So I, I really appreciate hearing that. Well, it's true, and I, I'm sure you get all kinds of lovely testimonials from former radio guests or anybody who's attached to any platform of work uh, that you're affiliated with and, uh, you know, instrumental in creating. So uh, you've definitely got the following. You've definitely got uh, the listenership and uh, the podcast subscriptions and everything else. So I just want to say job well done. Do you want to maybe, as a way of inspiring a lot of people who perhaps tune into my show, knowing that it is about personal empowerment it is about living and fulfilling your life of passions and endeavoring to do what you believe your purpose is and and what you're meant to do so can you maybe you know walk people through as I always like to discuss with my guests the inception of the journey and where this all began for you in terms of uh, the path that you're now on and how you knew that this was meant to be for you well, you know, it really began, it became clear for me probably 20 years ago now. I turned 40 this year. And at that time, at 20 years old, I found myself uh, having just attempted suicide for the third time. And oh. was in the hospital. And I was thinking to myself, how did I get here? How did I get to this place? Um, I have always been a person who loved the arts, Lisa. I, I have always, all of my life, loved to write and draw. But I was told at that time, as a lot of people were probably told in that time, you know, in the mid-90s especially, that, you know, you'll never be able to make it doing that. You have to find a real job, find something, you know, to, to really make a living. You can do that on the side because artists are, they never get recognized. And I knew that was my passion. So after high school, I moved to New York and had saved some money and went up there thinking I was going to be able to make it as an, as an artist. Well, uh, a year into that journey, I had surgery on my hands. The doctors told me I probably wouldn't be able to write, let alone draw, um, and that I would probably have to file for disability, all this at the age of 20. Wow. And my family said to, to me, not realizing where I had been in my previous suicide attempt, that this was God's way of telling me I shouldn't have done it. And I said to myself, there's no way I'm going back to Mississippi. There's no way I'm going back to faith whatever is there, and so I, I tried to end my life again. And as I said, when I was in that hospital, it occurred to me almost as if God was speaking to me and saying, you know, how dare you think you can take something you can't give? And mm. did I tell you that you wouldn't be able to do these things? And it occurred to me at that point, Lisa, that I was listening too much to what people were telling me I couldn't do instead of believing in the gifts that I've been given. And so... It was at that point I moved back to Mississippi, and I did get a job, but I also never gave up on writing and drawing. Um, I started sharing my story as a speaker, and in 2003, one of the individuals in the audience happened to be the owner of WNPR 90.1 FM. And wow. he said to me after the event, have you ever thought about hosting a radio show? I said, no. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. You know, I never thought about it. He says, I think you would be good. You have a nice, you know, nice diction. I think you would be really good. You should think about it. I would love to offer you the opportunity. And mm -hmm. that's how it all began. That, and, Beautiful. And, and that began the path for me in 2003 to, you know, growing to where I am today. 
Wow, that's quite the story. And I want to thank you very much for being so raw and candid about something that was obviously so personal for you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, there, as I say on my show all the time, I don't believe in coincidences and you know, there's no coincidence that the majority of the people who I've been uh, grateful to have appeared on my show as my guest, most people, whether they be household names or not, and I, you know, a little bit redundant here, but it's such an important message for listeners to, to grasp right. is, you know, most of my guests, including myself, you know, in terms of where you're at within your journey and what people would garner who don't necessarily know you as overnight success or they think that, you know, everything's larger than life without knowing the backstory necessarily, you know, for those who have candidly, like yourself, sharing their story, it's it's all derived from a place of darkness. And uh, we talk quite often on radio about the fact that, you know, there is a societal expectation that you conform. And like myself with my writing, you know, I always treated it as a, voca- or as a hobby as opposed to a vocation. And once I got very clear, and this is what my guests say too, once you get exceptionally clear about what you feel most driven and compelled – uh, to do. Everything else follows. You just have to honor yourself. You have to believe in yourself. And so I really appreciate you being so honest uh, about the suicide attempts and uh, and what came out of that. What a story. And you know, and, Lisa, for, for me, that's what's been the key to conversation success, because I realize it's bigger than me. And, mm-hmm. and that's why I think I have the empathy, because I've been to those dark places, and maybe not necessarily the same places as a lot of my guests, but I know what that darkness feels like. And mm-hmm. I try to, I think, use that um, when it comes to each and every person I speak to and, and try to find that, that quality in them and in myself that I can then share that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this now sheds some light a little bit about what my my impression or how I felt when you were um, interviewing me. You know, some people do what they do for a living, you know, and they can be quite skilled. But then there's other people who are not only skilled, but they have that extra something about them, which really speaks to, you know, intuitiveness, uh, you know, asking the questions and knowing the answers without even having to ask the questions just because of your insight. And that, of course, would have all derived from your own personal experiences and really getting, um, down to the raw basics of, you know, humanity and what makes people tick and the fact that we are all connected and people do struggle and knowing what your own struggles were, I think has blossomed something inside of you that makes you instantly tap into people. And I felt that when you interviewed me and I've been interviewed by quite a few people, there was something exceptionally different with you. And I think I now understand why. And I, if I have done that, that, then definitely my job is done. And I think you know, I love what you said earlier, though, Lisa, because you're right. I mean, whether it's a celebrity or someone who feels as though they're just a whatever, I think that's the thing. We all have that, that story. We all have a story. and We all have a place that the events in our lives kind of come from. And I think if we can connect on that level, I think we all would appreciate each other a whole lot better. Absolutely. Completely wholeheartedly agree with that. And so – now that you've gotten exceptionally clear and have been for quite some time and you're on the path that you're meant to live, 
why don't you tell me about some of the things that have shown up? Because, you know, we talk about alignment. We talk about, you know, when you get exceptionally clear, the right people, the right circumstances, the right opportunities present themselves. And you've already demonstrated that by stating that uh, the gentleman in the audience, you know, offered you that opportunity about hosting your own show. So what else similar to that has materialized for you that's kind of taken this and morphed it to the next level for you? You know, I, as you said, you know, the magazine came three years later, and it was because I would do events. I was still doing my art shows and poetry readings and hosting the show, and, of course, that allowed me an avenue to reach a larger audience. And I would, you know, I found myself getting comfortable, to be quite honest with you, as the show was gaining success here, and there were commercials, you know, that, you know, I was being featured on, you know, products locally. People were asking me to be commercial. I mean, that all was comfortable. And I didn't see myself doing anything else, <laughs> to be quite mm-hmm. honest with you. And so 2006, when I would go to places where the audiences were a little bit older and maybe they weren't getting on the Internet every day like I was, and they would say, hey, I heard that interview you did with so-and-so. Is there somewhere that I can get that? And I said to them, well, you know, you can always go back and catch the replay. They said, no, we, you know, there's not anything written. There's not, you know, anything that I can, can have and take with me. And it, it occurred to me at that point that I had not been as visionary when it came to conversations as I thought I was in that I just looked at conversations as a radio show. And it occurred to me at that point there were people out there who were missing a part of what I had. And if I was open to trying something new. So the magazine, I don't know why I thought I could do it, maybe because I, by that point I was also a weekly contributor to our state newspaper and I was writing columns for them and i i said to myself you know what if i did that for the radio show took these interviews and I, at that point i thought i was doing something really big at that point at least i was on the air twice a week <laughs> so i was a whole hour so i thought oh you know i was really doing a whole lot uh compared to today but you know so i started taking those transcripts and pulling them together and i realized in three years i had over a hundred interviews wow and so I was like, wow, you know, this could be something. And our first magazine came out in April 2006. We were very fortunate. It just so happened, if you believe in things just so happening, um, mm-hmm. that I had had a New York Times bestselling author that it came through Mississippi to do a book tour. The publisher, Random House, had set up an interview um, for me in studio. And I called his publicist and said, hey, I'm starting this new thing. I know you've only dealt with me on the radio, but what would you think about them being on the cover of our magazine? They said yes. Wow. (laughs) And that's how we began in April 2006. And, you know, it's been now nine years. Now, there were two years in 2009 to 2011 that because of the price of printing and subscriptions being down, we then went online for two years. But by 2011, as the popularity of the radio show was, was going forward and we were picking up other markets, you know, it occurred to me that we could bring this back. And we've been going strong now, back in print now for the past three years. Fantastic. Good for you. And so what what is the length of your magazine? Are you, do you know, because if are you putting this out monthly? It's monthly, yes. Okay, yes, so yes, you're putting yes, it out. Yeah. You're put you're putting it out monthly, which means you know obviously you've got to come up with current content and and uh, you know have a lot of stories or advertising or or whatever to fulfill the magazine pages. So, what does that look like on a monthly? 
month basis? Because you're, you obviously wear a lot of different hats. Do you have a team of people that assist you with that? I have a large team of three. Yay! <laughs> Go team! And they, you know, and this is the way it works. This is the process. And it's so funny you should ask this because I've never actually shared it in an interview. Typically what happens is I'll know a month ahead what I want the next issue to be about. So I will then schedule interviews for the radio show with those people who I want to feature, who are writing about, you know, who are talking about things that I want to talk about. Um, I've already let my contributors know what that issue is going to be about, so they're working on their thing. One of our team members then they transcribe my interviews from the radio show, and we use those for the magazine. We've already gotten permission from those subjects when we do the radio show with the photo credits and everything. So it really is an easy process, if you call it easy, I guess, but because it's that way, it's basically done. When I do the radio interview, it goes to them to, to transcribe, so I have it by the next week, and the, the magazines come out the 15th of, of every month. That is brilliant. I mean, what a what an excellent way to multitask and make effective use of your time. That's amazing. Yeah. And you know what I realized, and it's not easy for me, I have to say, and I think other people out there know what this is likely, so you probably know too, it's not easy to let go because you're like, okay, well, what if they don't have it? What if this is <laughs> what if this runs away? Yes. You know? And so I just had to, to stop because I think one of the worst things we can do, and I'm very guilty of this myself, and a lot of time we allow fear to stop us before we even get started. Bingo. There's no way I could have done this by myself. And I think realizing that, that mm-hmm. you have to open up. And I guess that's true in any relationship, whether it's business or personal. You have to be willing to open up because you never know what will happen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also, I think, Lisa, this, the radio show and the magazine have definitely taught me to reevaluate the word failure for me. Mm-hmm. I now realize it's not failure. It is everything is a learning opportunity. So when I don't get a, a article back as soon as I want, I think about, you know what, I mean, is it really going to ruin everything if things are a day late? And mm-hmm. I think, you know, that really has helped me to have a lot more peace of mind and to keep it fun for me over the years. Beautiful. So well said, and what an important message. And uh, I talk a lot. I have talked a lot when I originally started my radio show. I, I talked quite a bit, and I do regularly about the subject of fear, and also that going hand-in-hand hand with relinquishing and surrendering, you know, because if you really want to be receptive and open energetically to receive the good stuff, the positive stuff, the yummy stuff, the right people, the right opportunities, you really got to get out of your head in the way that you impede and block your ability to push forward and you know again it comes back to the fundamental belief uh within yourself and so yeah things don't always go according to plan you know some some doors get shut in your face not not everything's a green light not everything's a high five i i get all that and um you know but you do have to focus on the things that are working for you and you do need to get motivated and stay on the right path that's going to produce what you ultimately want to do and if it means it's a day late as you cited or if it means it's the next month article then you do what you have to do right exactly exactly and the world continues to spin <laughs> we have to remember it's not going to be the end of the world it really will be well, and I, and I think the, the the bigger message within that is, you know, everything comes down to, which I talk about as well, as a choice. And so if your choice, regardless of things going the way you would perceivably want them to, you know, if you remain committed to being uh, invested, focused, 
uh, you know, allow yourself to have that turnaround time, be resilient, the perseverance, because it all is, is a result of the attitude. If you've got the right attitude, it, it does manifest. So true. And attitude is so important in this. And I think especially in not being too hard on ourselves and not giving up on ourselves too soon. And that's another thing I've had to learn over the years is to is to reevaluate all of that, to, to not think that because something didn't happen a certain way that that means it's wrong or that it's a failure, but that maybe a lot of times it's about timing. And even I'm, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I'm not ready. And I think about now where we are today. I was not ready for this 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. I would not have been able to handle it. And I think it, I would have made it too much about me. Uh, and because initially, conversations, everything was conversations with Cyrus Webb. The radio show was called that instead of Conversations Live as it is now. The magazine was actually on the cover was Conversations with Cyrus Webb. And now it's just conversations because I realized it's bigger than me. It's not mm-hmm. even about me. It's about the stories we're able to tell and that connection that the reader or the listener has with them. Beautiful. So true. So true. So why don't you, Cyrus, um, tell us a little bit about all of the books that you've written, what what the message is, uh, what the inspiration was, where people can find your work, purchase it. I, I'd love to hear more about that. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, my, my first inspirational book, Words I Choose to Live By, was published last year by Benita and Hyde, and a book that really is near and dear to me because it was based on a year of meditative quotes that I came up with every day. I had read, wrote, I had read a book by Patricia Monaghan, who unfortunately passed away um, a couple of years ago, and the book was 101 Ways to Meditate. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that she had was writing, and I'd never thought about that as a form of meditating. And so I decided to try it. I had her on the show, and I said, I'm going to try that, Patricia, and I, I did it. And I shared it on Facebook, where the publisher, the actually the acquisitions editor for Benita and Hodge, saw my post every day on Facebook and offered me a book deal. It Excellent. <laughs> and so um, the book came out in November, and it did so much more. It continues to do, Lisa, more than I could have expected. Lisa Givens actually ordered it and <laughs> gave me a very nice blurb for it, took a picture and posted it on her on her Instagram, which went crazy with ourselves. And that was just an amazing thing, and we've had other people. But the main thing for me is that it, it's all about encouraging people to realize the choice they have every day when they open their eyes to look at the, the world differently. And that's really been the message of all the books I've been a part of, the books I've co-authored, the children's books. It's all about realizing the life lessons that all of us can learn from. And that's what I really want to be my work is to encourage people to not only realize the gift that they are, but also to really be open to the possibilities ahead of them. Fantastic. Good for you, Cyrus. I'm really glad. And again, I don't believe in coincidence, but I'm really glad that our paths crossed. I, I love like-minded people and I love soul stirs and I love manifestors. So, um, so given that you've encountered and, uh, it, you know, earned these successes, uh, you know, and I know that you share that with everybody because we all know that nothing survives in a vacuum. You need people to believe in you, people to buy your material, people to tune into your radio show, you know, tune into your magazine, all of that. Um, so are you quite confident as a result of your healing process, your journey, and I'm sure everything that you've uh, aspired to do on the work front being very cathartic for you from a healing perspective? You know, is there any concern for you, speaking quite honestly, of ever going back to the day where everything was doom and gloom? Or are those days behind you? 
you know, those days are behind me. And, in fact, I was just sharing with someone today. It's because of that, again, I think that I have been able to not only keep the momentum going over the years, but also, at least, I think, to appreciate each and every day. And that's what I think also keeps me from getting the big head. Because, you know, I, I, I sometimes when I interview a certain person or I'm going to be meeting a certain person, you know, I, I think to myself now every day, wow, what a blessing this is. Not so much to look at what I did, but what a blessing this is that I get to share this story, share this person, you know, with the world this way. And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing for me. I realized that what happened to me in those dark years 20, 20 years ago, the first half of my life, was really preparing me mm-hmm. for where I am today only because I learned the lesson mm-hmm. and because I wasn't successful. And I think about that a lot, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> That none of this would have happened if I had, you know, if I had been successful. So I joke with people when I go to school to speak and say, "Believe me, there are certain things I don't do well." And, and you know, and I, I think, I think, you know, and I think that's the thing to be able to look at it to, you know, to not dwell on it, but to learn from that experience and then use it moving forward. Beautiful. And so I would love to, as I'm sure my listeners would too, would love to know about your children's books that you've co-written. Yeah, those have been really powerful. I have been, again, talking about relationships. I've been able to partner with people who have believed in me and wanted me to be a part of telling their stories. So I have uh, MC Hammer, the, the rapper's cousin, Big Marv. Yes. I wrote a book with him uh, about his weight loss journey. So we wrote a book called Marv's Healthy Choice. Um, another author here in my home state of Mississippi, um, his name is Stanley Clark. I got a chance to share his daughter's story of, of her dreams of, of moving outside the state and and what that means to, to know that dreams can come true no matter where you're from. And, and that, again, has been such a thing. You talk about relationships. I mean, for people to believe in you enough to want you to be a part of that adventure with them, of sharing their story and, and being able to and, and illustrate each one of their stories, you know, was really a, a really blessing for me. And, and that's what I hope people take away from those books. And they're all available on Amazon.com. But I, I think that's that's been a great thing, and it's been a great connector to the work that I try to do with conversations as well. Mm-hmm. So is it safe to say then that, you know, although there's uniqueness to each piece that you've ever written or, you know, each magazine article or each guest that you've had on your show, is it all kind of tied under the same umbrella of theme-oriented? Do you find yourself premising oh, yes. your work? Be- yes. Okay. Sure. For sure. And I think, you know, that that has been – Again, one of the reasons why, you know, I, I have, have felt that everyone who comes on, no matter who they are, a, you know, reality, you know, a reality star or, you know, someone who has, you know, been able to do something amazing in their community, that, that that's why I think I'm able to get to the heart of them is because that's the connection. I'm coming to them not as a person of, you know, a, either in the public or someone who feels as though they don't have anything to offer, but just as an individual who, who wants to be able to reach them. And mm-hmm. I think I, I think that has really been the connection for, for everything, for the radio show, um, definitely for the magazine and, and the work that I've been able to do even with the book club. Mm-hmm. And I know that everything that you do is tied into each other. You know, it, 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 uh, it's overlapped and, you know, each, each thing that you do, each hat and role that you wear, it, it's all intertwined. It's all interwoven right. in the tapestry of everything that you speak about and the, the lessons that you impart to everybody. But are you, would you say that you're, you're perhaps more passionate about, say, the magazine versus the radio versus the books? I mean, is there, is there, 
one aspect of what you do that you get completely lit up about? You know, it's funny you should ask that question. I would say, honestly, that the radio show. Okay. Um, I'm now on the air 24 hours a week, and I, I think about that time because, you know, just like I know with the prep and everything, it's a, year, it's a lot more time than that. But those 24 hours that I spend with people, you know, every week is really, I learn. I think that's why I love it so much. Because I go into it with a certain thing, and I know this person who I'm speaking with, but when they start talking, I learn something, or I get something from it that I'm like, you know what, I'm really, you know, I'm really glad I had that conversation with that person. And I Mm -hmm. know if I got this from it, then I know then the audience will get it from it, too. I, You know, I guess maybe the reason why the magazine is not first is because I've already had the conversation on the radio show. So right. I'm actually, you know, the magazine <laughs> kind of like I'm just reading what we've, <laughs> what we've already done. But it definitely is a great reinforcer. But, I mean, yeah, the radio show definitely is what, uh, what keeps me, I think, really passionate about doing this work and realizing how necessary it is. Beautiful. And I know it goes without saying you've you've probably interviewed hundreds, thousands of people, uh, you know, cross paths with hundreds and thousands of people, those of which have yet to appear as a guest on your radio show. But could you maybe speak to the listeners and myself about, and this might be difficult to narrow down, but, you know, we all have that one guest or one story that really resonated with us beyond anyone else for whatever the reason. So can you maybe recap for yourself and us, uh, you know, one particular guest who the message was instrumental or there was something wonderful that resulted even outside of the fact that they appeared on your show as your guest. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about that? You know, Lisa, uh, thank you so much for asking that. There is one guest that honestly, it surprised me how much this guest has meant to me. Mm-hmm. It was a celebrity fitness trainer named Brandon Nicholson who's in on the West Coast. He and I have never met in person. He was booked for my show through his publicist, and we were going to be talking about not the celebrity, because I don't focus so much on the celebrity thing, but we were focusing on how he got to where he was, and and he shared his personal story of, first of all, um, you know, going through a horrible accident himself and, and having his leg, you know, open and, you know, and not knowing he's going to ever be able to walk, and now he is training these people and, you know, being on on magazines and all this stuff. And he said to me, Lisa, something that has – and this is three years ago. He said to me, I had to discover my why because fame wasn't enough. And that question of what is your why, that to me – I guess it just resonated so much with me because I found myself writing that down, what is your why. And now that's something I refer to a lot in a lot of interviews because – when I'm talking to people, I think one of the worst things that anyone could say is that uh, they want, you know, they want to do this so they'll be famous, so they want to do this so they'll be on television. They want to just meet this person. They don't really know why. Mm-hmm. And I think if we thought about that question, what is your why? I think we would approach life and especially every day differently because then we'll have that intent and we'll have it very clear for ourselves as to what the goal is. And and I think that that interview with him, I did not expect to take that away from it. But that is something that has stayed with me now for three years. Wow. Love it. And when you had that particular interview with him, did he happen to touch upon or did you ask or maybe just, you know, applying that to your own 
own way of thinking and going forward with your mantra, your meditation, uh, how you apply yourself with uh, your work. You know, does that why change intermittently? You know, it, it's funny. You know, I think the why has stayed the same for me. I think the 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 way I get to it has changed for sure. Because mm-hmm. I, I do believe that, you know, I have the platform that I have and the reach that I have for a reason. I think what has helped me to keep clear that reason is daily really evaluating myself and evaluating, am I making this too much about Cyrus? Or, mm-hmm. is you know, am I losing the fact that this is not about me or it's not about getting a certain amount of people to listen to something but really to share a message? I think that's the part that changes. Um, the the why for me is still being consistent, but I think mm-hmm. just making sure the you know the checking of myself is something that is definitely and I and I tell my friends hey if you see me going outside of what I say my mission is I want you to call me out on it because I, I don't want to do something just because I know it's going to get me seen or just because it's going to get a certain amount of hits and that kind of thing I'll give you a perfect example actually. Um, I had this summer had the privilege of being invited by Jackie Collins to have lunch with her at her book lunch for this year. Wow. And I, along with 11 other uh, bloggers um, and radio show hosts, we attended this lunch in New York. First time I'd been in New York since my suicide attempt, by the way. So it had mm-hmm. been 20 years since I'd been there. And had this wonderful lunch with her. got to ask her questions. had a one-on-one interview for my television program as well. And then, of course, three months later, she passed away. Well, the interesting thing was she had been scheduled to be on the cover of our magazine actually the month that she passed away. And I made the decision not to not to do the magazine. We mm-hmm. changed the cover and my friends were like, What are you doing? This is you know, this is, you know, a great opportunity, you know, you're gonna sell a lot. But I said to myself, you know what, that's probably very true. But that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. We did include a tribute to her inside the magazine. But I said to myself, I'm not going to have her on the cover because I don't want it to be about either people thinking we're monopolizing on what has happened, mm-hmm. you know, because that definitely was not the intent. We were to celebrate this opportunity of meeting her for the first time and all of that. But also I think it allows people to know that just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. <laughs> That's very true. That's very, so, very true. So, so yeah, so I made the decision. We redid the whole cover. We did. I did a tribute for her in, and I mentioned the meeting and that kind of thing as I was going to do in the article anyway. And, you know, the, the magazine still did well. I mean, and I think that's the thing. So, again, it, that's that daily checking as to, okay, what, you know, what is it I want and what am I willing to do to get it? And I think if we are really honest with those things, I think we'll, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, um, you know, again, based on my, my impression of you, uh, not just the, the interview, uh, that we shared together, which I'm very grateful for, but you as an individual, the person who was interviewing me, when I hear you now speaking about yourself and sharing and being very raw and candid and very authentic, you know, and, and given the premise of everything that you endeavor to do, the level of self-awareness you have, and I really, you know, I talk about this a lot on radio as well. You know, if you are a person who's plugged into personal development, if you are a person who aspires not to be in competition with other people, but to be the best version of who you are, so fundamentally better than who you were yesterday, and given what you've said about the fact that you make it a point every day to check in with yourself and you've given permission to your friends 
you know, to rein you back in if ever they deem it necessary to do so and having your best interest at heart. Uh, I don't think it's possible from what I, what I gather from you, um, that it's anything outside of what you say. I really firmly believe you are somebody who does walk their talk, uh, somebody who does that consistently. And I think because you do talk about subjects that resonate with people and you're very relatable and, you know, you talk about things that offer depth, offer substance, offer takeaways, you know, perhaps breakthroughs for people. Um, you know, I don't think you need to worry about that. You offer content. Your content offers value. And I think that's why you've garnered the response and the loyalty that you have because you're very quite clearly authentic. So thank you for sharing your gifts with us. Well, look, I appreciate that. And that, and that, that again, um, I tell people I'm from the South. That's the way I was raised. Raised that, you know, I had an art teacher that told me, Lisa, when I was in high school. And, again, she and I have stayed in contact over the years since then. She said something to me one day, and it that also resonated with me. And um, she has yet to come on my radio show, and I, I invite her all the time. She says, you know, that's not really her thing. But she said to me, Lisa, be the person you want others to think you are, and you'll never pretend a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And to have someone say that to me at 17 years old, that really was so powerful. I had to write it. I write things down all the time. I had to write that yes. down because I mentioned that to her later because she also was the person who at 17, she signed a book that she had illustrated for your Wells to the author. And she wrote, Cyrus, you are greatness in the work. And I have kept that book and I still have it to this day on my bookcase. And wow. because she, she saw something in me at that point that I didn't even see in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, those words like that remind me of this is so much bigger than me, you know, mm-hmm. and and why why try to be anything else but the best of yourself? I think that's really the key. Absolutely. And why? And the thing is, too, why would you want to emulate or try to be like somebody else? I mean, I I really believe and I do this myself. You know, I I look at the mentors. I look at the people who have aspired to be top of their game. All of which comes from a place of authenticity, people who fundamentally believe in themselves, people who willingly voluntarily share their gifts all the time because they want everybody to be in a good place of honoring themselves and fulfilling their lives of passions. Um, So, you know, I extrapolate all the things I respect and admire, and I incorporate that into sometimes my approach or it's a reminder uh that, you know, puts things into perspective for me. But, I mean, there are so many beautiful bright lights out there, and uh, and they'll be the first people to tell you, you know, you are a gift yourself. You know, you're not here by accident. Tune in and figure out what it is you believe you're meant to do and hone it yourself, you know. Thank you for admiring me. Thank you for supporting me. Thanks for buying my work or coming to my workshops or speaking engagements, but believe in yourself and and absolutely, everybody's got something to offer, and it's. I think it's a real shame when people choose not to tap into that, or they believe that, that you know, they're missing some kind of essential ingredient that some other people must have just been innately born with, but but dismissing the fact that they too were born with that, but they haven't yet perhaps tapped into it. So true. I totally agree. I totally agree, and I think that's the thing. I and that's another thing that took me some time to realize that you know it's not about where you know where you're born. You know what color you are, or in my case, you know how vertically challenged you might be. Um, it really is about <laughs> recognizing the gift that you are. <laughs> you know, 
and and celebrating that, you know. I may not be the tallest person, but hey, I can still be a good person. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. Absolutely. Perhaps the person with the biggest heart, right? So, I mean, let's look at what's really fundamentally important here. So, um, so who are some of your mentors? You know, who's been really instrumental in your life, in your journey? You know, I have to say, first of all, my grandmother, she unfortunately, she passed away last year. And growing up with her and around her and with her in my life and being willing to congratulate me when I needed it and to give me that proverbial slap on the back of the head when I needed it as well, you know, that mm-hmm. has really, I think, kept me grounded and kept me me. Um, she also was a person of faith who really helped me to realize the importance of knowing this is so much bigger than me mm-hmm. and that I'm just not here by myself and I wasn't, I'm not this this powerful thing that it really is about learning that and that has really been the big thing for me and realizing that I referenced also, you know, my, my art teacher. My mother also has been, I mean. You there, Cyrus? Cyrus? Oh. <laughs> this sometimes happens, people. This is Internet radio. And uh, so I'm in Canada. Cyrus is in Mississippi. Sometimes we get uh, temporarily disconnected. We'll wait for Cyrus to hopefully get reconnected. Uh, he's joining us not by Skype but by telephone. So um, uh, we're just myself and the network owner. We're trying to bring Cyrus back onto the show. But I just want to say, you know, in terms of recapping a lot of what Cyrus has said, very clear, you know, the legacy I believe this gentleman's going to be leaving behind. And, you know, if we get him back, we can ask him specifically what he thinks his legacy is going to be. But this is somebody who obviously through his own experience uh, you know, a lot of what he's aspired to do has derived out of a place of darkness. He mentioned, you know, three suicide attempts, uh, clearly got clear on the fact that um, it wasn't meant to happen. And, you know, 20 years ago, he figured it out and he realized the importance of believing in himself, regardless of what other people perhaps on an ongoing subconscious level, perhaps, uh, what they try to do. People will try to derail you, you know. People will try and on some occasions, unfortunately, given where they're at in their lives or perhaps the work they still have yet to do on themselves, whether people are sometimes cognizant of or not, you know, people will make you perhaps feel or give you the impression that, uh, you know, what you aspire to do or what you're passionate about or what's fundamentally important to you, it's not realistic or it's not practical or, you know, it's not, it's, are you back here, Cyrus? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm here, Lisa. Okay. I, uh, I was just doing a little bit of a recap for the audience and I knew that we were going to get you back here. So I was kind of saying what I thought the legacy of you might be. Um, but certainly we'd love to hear it in your own words, but I just, you know, I, I kind of recapped a little bit of what you shared throughout the interview so far. Uh, you know, your, what you've endeavored to do and your message that you're imparting to the rest of the world and, you know, your phenomenal attitude that did all fundamentally derive out of a place of darkness and having to get exceptionally clear on, you know, tuning out that extra stimuli of where people will sometimes shoot you down or not embrace you or, you know, sometimes do or act whether they're cognizant of it or not, or it's at a subconscious level, uh, you know, make you question yourselves. And sometimes we get derailed by that. But the fact that you bounced back from that and you got very clear on what you're meant to do and focusing on 
making that come to fruition. So I'd like to hear in your own words, what what is the legacy you believe you will leave behind? What is the legacy you choose to leave behind? Cyrus. <laughs> okay, I think uh, Cyrus, are you there, Cyrus? Yes, yes, I'm here. Okay, so so my question my question was, what do you believe, or what do you, what are you choosing or hoping that the legacy that you leave behind? What will that resonate for people? What is it? What is your intent? The legacy you choose to leave behind? You know, really, Lisa, my intent at, at this point is for for me especially to be able to show other people that it really is about knowing who you are. And knowing what you have to bring and what you were meant to bring. And if someone says, Cyrus Webb, I want that to be it, that he allowed me and allowed all of us to see how the best thing we can be is ourselves, whatever that is. And I think that that is the thing. You know, it's not about comparing ourselves to someone else. It really is about realizing the gift, the gift that each one of us, you know, has to bring. And I, and I hope that's what I'm able to share with people. Absolutely. And I think you've demonstrated that today quite lovely, quite brilliantly, and uh, quite successfully. So, you know, do you, when you look at, um, you know, and I talk about this quite often with guests, you know, we, we come from a place where we try to be present. You know, we try to live in the moment, be grateful for the moment, grateful for the day, knowing that nothing is ever guaranteed. And, uh, you know, this very well could be the last 24 hours that we are on this planet, both you, myself, and anybody tuning into the station. So, you know, we try to be, be present, but also for people like ourselves who are manifestors and we believe that we perhaps have more messages in which to impart, are there any other things upcoming maybe outside of the umbrella of what you've already beautifully honed for yourself and crafted uh, that you're looking to embark upon, maybe outside a magazine, outside a radio, outside of books? Is there something else that you're passionate about that you have yet to embark upon? You know, I actually got to be a, in my first film. Oh. And while I was in New York this time, to show you how things work out, someone who I had interviewed for the radio show and magazine was filming a new project and invited me to do a cameo as myself with a speaking role. So I have decided for 2016 I'm going to – open myself up to doing more acting. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun, um, and I've already lined up one project in Atlanta for next year where I'll be playing myself again, actually on the set of a show, uh, being a radio show host. Uh, so it's, that is something I'm going to open myself up to. I'm not really an in-front-of-the-camera person, ironically. I like the radio because you don't have to see me. You can just focus on the information. <laughs> I do know we live in a visual world, so I'm getting more comfortable with that. My television show came back this year and uh, here in Mississippi, and we do the web series um, for YouTube. So I'm getting more comfortable with that, but um, that's one thing I'm going to do. I, uh, Shonda Rhimes, I read her book, A Year of Yes, this year, and I'm going to open myself up to more opportunities and things that maybe I would have said no to <laughs> a year ago. Fantastic. And do you believe that these are choices uh, as a result of relinquishing fear? Like, is this something that you oh, are yeah. walking? Okay. So this oh, is, yeah. is – so there's, is... no there's no way Lisa at 5'7", I would ever have said, I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you so, know what? There's, you know, a, there's a lot of famous people who have 
of Dunquil in the industry based on their talent and their right. their their ability to connect and be relatable to the audience. It has nothing to do with height. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Not not exactly. whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I I definitely agree with you though. I mean, the, the the letting go of that fear of you know what in the world are you doing? You know, I mean, it's not something <laughs> I ever even thought about before acting. That is not even something. But it's something about being able to be myself. That's the that's the thing that I love. That even in fiction, you know, on film, I'm still able to be me. Mm-hmm. And and people want me for me, and that's the and that again, it, you know, kind of goes full circle with that about again, you know, being able to walk in that, walk in that who you are means something. Absolutely, and I love the fact that you've shared now that there's two separate occasions that have taken you back to New York, which was where your last. You know, uh, I think that it's lovely to hear because that that could be a trigger, right? But you walked back in right. there. And it was something positive. It was a very indicative of the fact that you chose to move forward, and it was a happier time in your life. So I'm glad that you've got positive memories under your belt now with regards to New York. I'm really happy to hear that for you. Oh, yeah, and it definitely was. And I've actually been been back twice this year. So I tell people I've traveled more this year than I have in 20 years. But, (laughs) I mean, it it has definitely been, I mean, a great year. I could not have asked for better. Excellent. And uh, so is there anything else outside of all the roles and the hats that you wear and people would know you based on that aspect of your identity alone? What else would you want people to know about you characteristically that they might otherwise not know? You know, I I don't take myself too seriously. I think that doesn't always come across, to be honest with you, um, because, you know, I I think I have – because I'm so passionate about what I do, I think sometimes I may come across a lot – and I am a, I mean, I am a serious person. I take what I do seriously. But I've definitely learned to laugh at myself, as you could tell even in this conversation. I mean, I, I, oh, I, I definitely I think gathered that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's not something I think that normally comes across to people, um, that I, I, I'm that way. But I really am, and I think that has been also so key for it staying fun for me over the years, Elisa, because I think if you take yourself too serious and you focus too much on it, you lose the joy of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you thought of doing comedy? You know, I've never thought about. It. I've been told I. It's people in my inner circle said, "Cyrus, you should really." They have said that to me, and I think to myself, "There's no. I'm not adding anything else <laughs> to my <laughs> to my schedule for sure." But you know, I, I have. I honestly have never thought about it. But I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to rule it out. And I'm glad to hear that you're not going to. And I understand, you know, from a scheduling perspective, there's only so much you can juggle. And if you want to be effective and you want to honor the, you know, the integrity of each project that your name's attached to and all the other people who are also contributing their blood, sweat, and tears, understand once you start getting a little bit too outside of it, you know, you start to drop the balls a little bit and, and, you know, you you lose a bit of the quality. So I get that, but I, you know, I, I talk about the, the comedy aspect as a, as a suggestion, um, because as we know, comedians know how to take darkness and turn it into something that humors people and, uh, you know, brings, brings a different perspective. And I think most comedians, you know, have, a sad story. Right. You know, um, 
but they know how to craft it and they know how to sell it and uh, and turn it into a positive. But listen, we've got, I can't believe it, but we've got four minutes, probably a little bit less than now. So can you just remind people where they can find you, when they can tune into your radio show, how they can go about subscribing to your magazine, all of that? Sure. I try to make it easy for everyone. If you just go to CyrusWebPresents.com, and Cyrus is C-Y-R-U-S-W-E-B-B, presents with an S on it, CyrusWebPresents.com, that'll lead you to Amazon where you can find out more information about the books. You can find out about the radio show there, about the television program, even the magazine. All of that is is right there at CyrusWebPresents.com. Also, I do special features uh, under the moniker of CyrusWebPresents. So if there's special, uh, like I just had a amazing conversation, Lisa, with Jane Seymour. Um, those interviews are available also exclusively through Cyrus Web Presents as well, so you'll be able to find them there too. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. I want to thank you for having me appeared as a guest on your radio show. You've been more than gracious. And uh, I just want to say what a treat and what I take away from this interview with you, this chat with you. And I just think you're doing phenomenal things and you're enhancing the quality of people's lives. And you're probably, you know, aspiring people, inspiring people to tap into their own journeys and, and self-belief. So I just want to say keep doing what you're doing. The world needs more people like you, Cyrus Webb. And uh, so I wish you wonderful holidays safe holidays and i look forward to keeping in touch behind the scenes would love to do that and continue to follow your journey um and for my listening audience i would just like to say thank you once again for joining me here on my show carpe diem i go live every friday at 11 4 a.m eastern standard time uh not only if you would choose uh to let it be known what other show topic ideas would interest you that i could perhaps talk about or invite certain guests to come on air to talk about uh feel free to reach me at lisa mcdonald uh, dot com, Lisa McDonald 13 at gmail.com, sorry, and Lisa McDonald author.com. As well, for anybody who's wishing to purchase last books, maybe as a stocking stuffer, we're still, my distribution company is still able to ensure delivery time. Uh, you can reach me at Lisa McDonald 13 at gmail.com for any potential orders. In the interim, I wish everybody a lovely holiday, safe holiday. I'll be back joining you in the new year. Wish everybody love and safety and kindness and just take care of yourselves and put it forward pay it forward put your good stuff out there in the world we certainly need it thank you cyrus thank you lisa thank you keep up the great work that you're doing as well we need more people like you as well oh well that's lovely of you to say i appreciate that and we'll be in touch soon okay definitely thank you okay Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, take care everybody, all my love and gratitude. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Carpe Diem with your host, Lisa McDonald. For more information, please go to Lisa's website at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.